Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Stretch run of Grant and Danny, the final half hour of this program for 2022. Really appreciate everybody making the show part of not only your day, but the calendar year here. And 2022 really, really means a lot that you choose this program. We've been breaking down the NFL slate all day long. The massive Commanders game, they get a win. They're in really good shape to try to make the playoffs going into Week 18. But it is a football Friday, and we told you, we would go down a level and get you set for tomorrow's incredible doubleheader in college football action as the playoff games are set to begin. And Bobby Carpenter, the Ohio State star, the longtime NFL linebacker, and the host uh, of ESPNU Radio, Sirius XM College Football Programming, joins us now. Bobby, I'm Grant. Good to see you and talk to you again, man. How are you? Oh, Grant, I'm doing well, man. It's, uh, it's an exciting time of the year. You've got... You know, a ton of college football going on right now. Here in the update, you got the Sun Bowl going on. You got Notre Dame and uh, uh, Notre Dame battling down there in, with the South Carolina and the Gator Bowl, which you know, that place is sold out and rocking. So we can talk about how these bowl games, you know, outside the CFP, you know, what do they mean? Do people really care about them? I mean, I think the guys that choose to play in them, it matters a lot to them. And the fans that go down there that care about their team, I mean, it matters to them. So hopefully uh, we'll continue to have this wonderful time of the year when you get college or NFL football seemingly every day. Oh, it's the best. I was saying last week, actually, this is the sneaky best time where there's always like a college game on randomly at noon. You know, it's oftentimes it's a couple teams or, or, you know, maybe you don't care about, but there's literally always a college football game on. So it's great. Why don't we start with the two playoff games? We'll go in order for tomorrow. The four o'clock East time kick TCU, the three seed Michigan, the two seed, a lot of their heavy lifting was done on the ground by Blake Corum at running back this year, who is a Heisman candidate, who is not healthy and won't be playing. Uh, handicap the matchup for us. Well, I, I think you look at what TCU is able to do. I mean, they're a battle-tested team. They have played a lot of close games. And, you know, I, I've done, done probably seven or eight radio hits today. And someone asked, like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I go, to me, it's a good thing. I mean, I was part of a team in 2002 that won a national championship that – Probably wasn't the most talented team you were going to find. But we played a lot of close games. And because of that, the more you play in close games, the more comfortable you get playing in them. You don't panic. You continue to do what you're doing. And then as you win those games, you have a general belief that you're going to find a way to make it work. And it's not that you wait for something to happen. Guys go out and make plays. They go out and make things happen, and they don't panic in the situation. So the fact that TCU's been in all these games, the fact that Max Duggan probably until the final gun last week, or, or a couple weeks ago, even in the Big 12 championship, believed that they were going to find a way to win. He would will his team to victory. 
and you can see the emotion, you can see the passion in his face. Like that to me is a good thing because uh, they're going up against a Michigan team who's going to try to bully you for four quarters. They're going to try to run the ball, even though the fact that Blake Corum's hurt. They're going to lean on Donovan Edwards. They're going to they have a slew of running backs. Jim Harbaugh is going to want to run the ball, probably as a goal, thirty-five to forty times in the game. More if he can even find a way to get it done. So they're going to continue to pound. They're going to you know formation you. They'll probably take some shots. They'll get JJ McCarthy moving around with his legs. But you know it's a game that I think both of these games are right around seven-point lines because I think both people, everybody anticipates them being pretty darn good football games. And it'll be interesting to see if TCU can withstand that. I think they'll be able to get stops early. And even if they fall behind, I think they'll be able to stay in and keep battling. But the question is, can you just withstand a team like Michigan who is going to be dedicated to the running game for all four quarters? It's interesting to me, Bobby, that I keep seeing everyone kind of saying that Michigan's going to dominate the line of scrimmage, and they might, but... I think people sleep on TCU's offensive line a little bit. They're huge. They average about 320 pounds. They don't have anybody under 6'4". They got guys that are going to the draft here soon, and, and Steve Avila, and then longer term, uh, Brandon Coleman and Andrew Coker at tackle. I'd like to think that they'll be able to actually hold their own against Michigan's defensive front. What do you think? Oh, yeah, on the offensive side of the ball, TCU, like they're not a spread finesse team. I mean, they've won in a variety of ways, and you know, Max Duggan will use his leg as much, legs as much as he'll use his arm. They'll, they'll run the football. Yeah, they'll take some shots. Yeah, this team, you know, was built, you know, with Gary Patterson's players. And then Sonny Dykes kind of put a little offensive spin on it, probably made it a little more fun and a little more laid-back environment. But, you know, yeah, TCU up front, like, they're not a team that's going to sit there and just try to pass on you all day in Finesia. They're, they're a team that's big. They'll run the football. They'll get Max Duggan involved. And it, I was more looking at Michigan's offense where – you, know, you just have to be prepared, and TCU can score quickly, and that's great, but also it can, it can cause it some detriment to your defense when you may score in three plays, but that means your defense has to trot out again, and Michigan's going to try to major in having you know, 12 and 14 play drives, which over the course of a game begin to really wear down your defense. Kendry Miller is the tailback for uh, TCU, fourth nationally, with 1,141 of his 1,342 yards between the tackles. We're breaking down the first of the two college football playoff games with uh, Bobby Carpenter always does an awesome job talking college ball with us here on Grant and Danny on the fan. Um, You mentioned Duggan. Is he a legitimate NFL prospect? He's had a hell of a season, man. And watching him in their championship game in the conference, you just mentioned him running the ball. He basically, there was a drive where he just decided, I'm going to tuck and run on every single carry, and he just took him straight down the field. Seems like he's a really good athlete who can make all the throws. You know, that's, I'm going to have to study him more and, like, watch him because, you know, it's amazing. His story is phenomenal because coming into this year, he wasn't even, you know, the starter. He had lost his job in camp, only got it back due to injury. And uh, in the era of NIL and transfer portal, I think that's a testament to him, too, as a man. And the relationship he had with Sonny Dykes, where you get benched right now, I mean, how many guys you see a starting quarterback get benched, put someone else in there, the next thing you're going to do is all of a sudden you're hopping in the transfer portal, I'm out of here, I'm bailing on my team, I'm not the guy. He stays there, he believes in the process, gets his job back, and then ultimately you know, is, is a Heisman Trophy candidate because of that. So I think he can do all those things. And I would have probably said he wasn't you know, like an – an elite NFL prospect, and I don't know, you know, to the degree I could set off to do more of that study after the season, but, you know, you look at guys like Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts and what they're able to do, 
it's been pretty darn impressive uh, with where the NFL has gone and, and just, you know, how it's kind of met college football, where it's at. And it's, these are the players they're giving us, so we're going to start playing like that. Now, these guys have to protect themselves so they're not beat up all the time. Uh, but I give a lot of credit to, you know, some of these offensive coordinators at the next level say, look, at, this is some things these guys do well. We're going to lean into their attributes and try not to make them do something that they're not comfortable with. His completion percentage has gone up every single year at TCU in the Big 12, 65% passer this year, 3,300 yards, 30 touchdowns and just four picks for Sonny Dykes, and he ran for 400 yards. The other quarterback in this game, though, is the bigger name nationally and has been as a top recruit who won a competition in his own right in J.J. McCarthy. How has he played? I mean, I think most of us watched him shred Ohio State, and that's kind of what we know. But uh, what's the book on him coming in? You know, Jim Harbaugh has kind of protected him throughout the season because I think he realized, hey, we've got a good defense, we've got a really good running game, and we're not going to ask him to do anything too much because he's, he's made some plays like, uh, negatively. He's made a lot of positive plays. I think that's why Jim Harbaugh ultimately went with him, realizing that he's the guy that can take them to ultimately the next level. And so you move on from a quarterback who's been really good, took you to the CFP, and you go with a younger guy, knowing that there's going to be some growing pains, and that, you know what, there's times where he should throw the ball away, but instead he took, you know, a 16-yard sack, and you're like, well, that's basically a drive killer. But the only way you get better is to learn through those mistakes. And so he's able to do that. I think against Ohio State, he's started to take the reins off a little more. And I'm, I'm really curious to see how aggressive Jim Harbaugh will let J.J. McCarthy be in this game. And if he'll let him say, hey, you proved it to me in a big rivalry game, the moment is yours now, go lead your team. We're still going to run it, but I'm also going to put it on you to make some decisions when to run, when to throw, and uh, let you go out there and play football your way because he's a tremendous athlete. He's got a very live arm, and he can hurt you, especially if you're overcommitting to the run. And so it'll be interesting in the first 10 to 15 plays if Michigan takes some shots, if they try to move the pocket and do some things with him to kind of get him going early on. Bobby Carpenter is with us breaking down the playoff games that we're going to experience tomorrow. Should be a great double dip in college football all right, so then before we move on real quick, you mentioned the line was 7.5. Michigan is favored. Total's 57.5. What do you think? Which, if you're playing this game at all, what would you do? Oh, goodness. I, I would probably take the points on that. To me, this looks a little bit more like a three- or four-point game. That's kind of where I see both of them going. Uh, so, you know, the total points, if you like to go over in the total, I would always bet the favorite. But if you like the under, I would say under and probably take uh, take the points with it. All right, I dig that. Second game. So you just gave us a little feel here. Sounds like you think the fourth-ranked Buckeyes hang with the number one Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia's favored by 6.5. The total is a little bit higher, 62.5 in this game. Obviously playing on carpet indoors, these offenses can play fast. But you, you like Ohio State to make it a contest, huh? Yeah, I think Ohio State, you know, the Michigan game, you know, a lot. Sometimes pressure can kind of get to you a little bit. And, you know, it seemed defensively, you know, obviously they missed some plays, gave up some big ones that obviously hurt and sting. Um, you look at the other side of it offensively, didn't get anything going in the second half um, against Michigan. The game kind of got away from them uh, there at the end. And, you know, sometimes you, know, you get that second chance, you reevaluate, you look at what happened. Hey, this is what we did. This is what we didn't do. We need more of this, less of this. And it's a good uh, it's a good learning opportunity. Don't ever, don't ever waste a loss. And I've heard Nick Saban say that when you lose, you're going to be far more critical on things. So look at it and realize maybe there were things you were getting away with earlier in the year. You're winning games, so you don't 
go after them quite as aggressively. And so, I, you know, watching some of the practice and seeing everything that they do, I'm, I'm around that team a lot. And it, they start pouring over that thing with a fine-tooth comb. I like their playing defensively. Uh, and offensively, Ryan Day's talked about, it. you know, it's, it's an opportunity. It's new life. Uh, the guys have been focused. And, you know, he's going to go out and he's like, we're going to play aggressive. That doesn't mean we're going to throw it, you know, 50-yard bombs every play. But you've got to have an aggressive mentality going into this game. And, you know, Georgia's defense is really good. I mean, they've been the number one team basically all year, and they're the defending national champs. Uh, so there's obviously a lot of things they've got going for them. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they're also, you know, invincible. They've got some flaws. Uh, the secondary, you know, I wouldn't say can be had, but that's the weakest part of their defense. LSU, you know, through for, I think, close to 500 yards on them. I mean, you just have to find a way to convert those to points. So Ohio State's been done a pretty good job all year of, of – uh, having those big plays, and we'll see if they can get them again on Saturday night. Yeah, Georgia's 8-2 and two against the spread in their last 10 bowl games, 5-3 and three against the spread in their last eight games. But it's interesting. I mean, their defensive line and really the defensive side of the football is not at the same level. It's really, really, really good. But as, as maybe you know, casual college football fans remember from certainly last year with so many of those guys in the NFL. So then you tell me this. If Georgia covers and, and just wins comfortably, let's say, wins going away, how did they do it? And then the flip side, if Ohio State knocks them off and shocks everybody, how did they pull it off? Well, you know, Ohio State since 20, 2014 season is, I think, 89-0 and 0 when they score 30 points. Uh, so a couple things speak to that. Number one, you know, when they get there, they're pretty good. But defensively, you know, I think that they've been able you know, to be pretty solid. So if they're going to score enough points, they always should be able to get it done. I think 35-plus in this game is kind of where Ohio State needs to be. They could probably win it a little bit with a little bit less and a lower line, but uh, that's going to be tougher. So they, they're going to need to score points. They're going to need to have some big plays. You cannot drive the ball in Georgia five, six, seven drives and get touchdowns. You're going to have to have some 40- and 50-yard big strikes to make it easier on yourself. So they'll have to do that, and they're going to have to find a way to slow down uh, Darnell Washington and uh, Brock Bowers are two talented tight ends. Try to keep Stetson Bennett in the pocket. It's easier said than done. Uh, but if you pack the middle of the field, you try to slow that down and force the ball outside of their receivers, which is kind of their weakest position group on offense, I think you have a chance. And, and for Georgia, you can come out, run the ball, throw play action. They do a ton of 12 personnel with two tight ends. They move guys around. You get some mismatches. You get some busting coverage. You have some big plays. And if you can get a 14-point you know, lead, it's really, really tough to come back on a Georgia team with a defensive line like that when they know you have to throw the ball every play. Bobby Carpenter, great information. All right, let me sneak one more in. This is non-playoff. This is tonight at 8 o'clock uh, local time here. Tennessee and Clemson, two teams in the top seven. Tennessee 10-2, ten and two, obviously, was on their way to the playoff, it looked like. At, suffered a, a terrible injury at quarterback and kind of fell off. Clemson, a disappointing year to not be playing in the postseason uh, in the Final Four as well. What do you think tonight? It's going to be interesting because this is kind of the, the view at next year of what these teams could potentially be, which is what you know, a lot of these games become as guys opt out. But, you know, you've got the club Nick era starting in Clemson. You know, will he be able to be as advertised, look pretty good in the ACC championship? And then obviously with Tennessee, you know, no Hendon Hooker. What does this offense continue to look like? And for Tennessee to win, I think they probably have to find a way to score 35-plus points. They remind me a lot of Ohio State last year defensively. They can get some stops, but they're not very good. But, man, are they explosive on the offensive side, on the perimeter. So they've got to turn this thing into a track meet. And if you're Clemson, 
you know, control the football, get that running game going with Shipley that struggled a lot this year. But when it was good, that was when their team was good. Take some heat off of that defense, give them some rest. Because when they're rested, they're still pretty darn good up front. Well, Bobby, love the info. Enjoy not only the rest of this evening with all the great games going on, but a huge day tomorrow. Appreciate you hopping aboard. Happy New Year, man. Hey, Happy New Year to you. Be good. There's Bobby Carpenter, the Ohio State University a longtime NFL linebacker who spent some time here in Dallas with the Cowboys uh, taking on the Commanders. You know, they, they they come to town next week. He was at FedEx Field for a bunch of those games. I actually hung out with him at uh, Army-Navy just a handful of weeks ago. Really, really good dude. But uh, we were reminiscing about some of those Washington and Dallas matchups after he came on with Danny and I on Radio Row. Speaking of the Commanders, it is time to make some final predictions for this Week 17 slate that is coming up. So, Let's fire up the NFL music and give you some thoughts on some of these games. I will start off with Washington and Cleveland. I've got the Commanders winning and covering the one and a half. I think that they will run the ball successfully. Brian Robinson's going 25 for 125 in this game. I think you're going to see a lot of what they've done previously with him, which is pounding the football and being a run-first team. They're also going to be able to open some things up down the field with Carson Wentz, though. And they will actually score over 20 points. I've got the Commanders winning a 24-17 game over the Browns. They get to Deshaun Watson and sack him four times. Chase Young gets his first sack of the season. The Detroit Lions will beat the Bears, but Chicago covers. I think it's a field goal game in Detroit. The Lions stay nipping at Washington's heels, though. They improve to 8-8 going into the final weekend of the season. The other wild card hopeful in the NFC North, the Green Bay Packers. I think they beat the Vikings at home at Lambeau Field. The line is quirky here. Packers are laying three and a half points against Minnesota. They are favored to win this game despite the Vikings' 12-3 and record, which is telling. I think the Vikings, if they have a chance to win the game in the final minutes, will. They've done it all year long, but my guess is the Packers, a little bit more desperate, need the game more make a few more plays. I guess you could say Minnesota still needs the game in that the Vikings have a chance at the one seed if the Eagles slip up and lose their next couple of games. But their main motivation has to be probably to just stay out of falling one spot down with San Francisco with a chance to win again. They would be even with the Vikings. So the 49ers are 9.5-point favorites against the Raiders. Jarrett Stidham is starting for Vegas with them having benched Derek Carr. The Niners could get to 12-4 and with a win, even with the Vikings, where they have a tiebreaker over. And if that happens, the Vikings fall to the three spot. They would be slated to play the six-seed Giants rather than the seventh seed. That could be Washington or Green Bay. I mean, frankly, if you're the Vikings, is that better? I think you probably would rather play the Giants than certainly the Packers, probably the Lions and maybe even the Commanders as well. That's all the more reason, perhaps, why. Not that you don't try to win the game, but a loss isn't the end of the world for them this weekend. My favorite game of the weekend, the game of the year, the Goatee. This is the Bills and the Bengals in Cincinnati. Monday night football. We'll be able to talk about it throughout the show on Monday as well. But my feel right now is that I'm rolling with the Bills to get to 13-3. and and to punch their ticket as the one seed, perhaps, in the AFC. That's where we started the year. 
see if we can finish it there as well with Buffalo being the best team in the conference. I'll say this for the Bengals, though, who I sleep on a little bit. They get up for these games, don't they? They went on the run to the Super Bowl last year. They've beaten the Chiefs now three times in the last couple of years. When they're playing the elite in the conference, they seem to play their best. They've had a brutal schedule, and they've pulled away in the north. They're a game better than Baltimore. Ravens hosting the Steelers on Sunday Night Football this week. So there you go. Quick dive into some of the games worth picking in Week 17. Got to thank everybody for listening throughout the week without Danny here on GND. It's been a lot of fun hanging out with you to wind down 2022. Ryan did a great job with uh, Darius over the last couple of days. Um, The crew filling in as well. Very, very thankful for the performance behind these scenes from Connor and John as well. So thanks for listening. We're back at it in 2023 talking about what? Maybe a Commander's win over the Browns. We're going to find out come Monday. Have a great, safe, happy New Year's Eve. You're out drinking. Get an Uber. It's easy to get yourself a ride wherever you need to go these days. So make the right decision. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Have some fun. And if you see Ryan out and about at the Gaylord tomorrow, buy the man a drink. Don't let him buy his own drinks, for God's sake. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next year. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.